Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Natalie Bourne. Natalie is an innovation consultant, keynote speaker, and the host of Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about her new book release entitled Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation. So lean in, leaders, as Natalie challenges you to think out of the box and equips you with some practical innovation strategies. Let's get started. We're back, everybody. It's another Avail podcast where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. As always, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, your host for the Avail podcast comes out weekly with amazing leaders. Today, we have an amazing leader. She's actually been a guest before on the Veil Podcast in the early episodes. I'm talking about Natalie Bourne. Natalie, we are so honored to have you once again on the Avail Podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me back. It's so great to be back. Hey, I, I want to say this. You are one of the few that's been on twice. You are you are gifted, you are you are blessed, and we feel blessed to have you as well. And today's even more, I think it's a little more special than the first time because we're gonna be talking about your new book. How's yes. that feel? This feels amazing. I'm excited to be back talking about my new book. It's a good reason to come back for a second time. A hundred percent. Everybody who's for those who are actually watching the video, here it is. I'm holding it, set it on fire by Natalie Bourne, The Art of Innovation. We're going to get into this in a moment. Before we do that, Natalie, I just love for our Avail audience to just get to know a little bit about our guest. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself so that those who are leaning in for the first time can, can get to know who is Natalie Bourne. Yes. I like to say that, you know, my background is a tech nerd working in tech startups and um, just fell into product development, innovation, and I, it just stole my heart, if I'm just being honest. It it sent me on a journey, and I know we'll talk about it later, but that's part of the reason why I wrote this book, is just the background that I've had in product development and in innovation and in really just helping people start and launch ideas. And as an innovation consultant, it's a really fun space to live in, to just help people dream, and but not just dream, to see it come to life. Yeah, that's good. I, I I love conversations like these, Natalie, because uh, you are very gifted in in many ways in many areas. But this this area of innovation and um, and product development, just I think your your mind as a leader who connects uh, this concept uh, and this skill of innovation, I think it's so valuable. Here at Avail, we're always trying to challenge and encourage. Uh, our, our leaders. There's a lot of Christian leaders, pastors, ministry yeah. leaders, marketplace leaders that I think are going to be able to lean in. And I think uh, a lot of these principles apply in all the areas that 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 we work in, that we lead in. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talk about this. So, so your new book, Set It on Fire. Man, I love it. I love the color. I love the look, but I love the content. I started reading it and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Tell us why Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation. Why did you write this book? What was your heart behind it? Yeah, you know, my heart and my my joy would be for everyone to be like, have the, the time, the money investment to hire an innovation consultant. But that's mm. not realistic. Like, it's not realistic every time you have an idea to just have someone beside you, right, to walk you through all the steps. Mm. I think the beauty of Set It on Fire is I wanted to get a playbook out. I wanted to get a playbook out to people who are leading. I wanted to get a playbook out to people who want to innovate, who have an idea, 
Maybe they've had that idea for like 10 years wow. and they're not releasing it, right? Because they don't know how to get started. So my heart behind this book was to basically give you an innovation consultant in the form of a book to come alongside of you and say, how can this book invest in you, launch you, uh, force you to think right outside the box mm. to break it and to set it on fire? So that's the whole goal of this book. I love it. I think I think this is something this is an area that a lot of times we don't think about. And, and that's why I think it's huge to have a resource. Um, I remember the first time we talked, I said, man, this Natalie is such a great leader. Um, it would be great to have something in our hands. And now we do. We have this book set it on fire. All right. I want to I want to kind of dig into it. And I want to I want to help our leaders realize why they need to add this book to their leadership library. Um, I believe innovation. I love the, the concept of innovation, but I, I'm the first one to admit I need to learn more and I need to get better at it. Um, innovation sometimes can be a challenge. And I wanted to start off here. Why do you think sometimes it's a struggle for teams to innovate? Ooh, that's such a big, big question. Well, and in my book, I talk about three things, pace, process, and empowerment. And I think those are the big three that we can stumble on. And so oftentimes when people think that, you know, hey, I'm going to pick up an innovation book and read it, they think I'm going to like tell you how to build a product or, or software. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that a little bit, but the real goal is culture. How do we create a culture that unlocks and unleashes innovation? Mm -hmm. And one, we have to look at the pace of the organization. If we're moving so fast that people don't have time to think or dream, that's a problem. Yeah. And that actually prevents us from infusing ideas into the organization. It prevents us from hearing from our best people because we're moving right too fast, like ships mm -hmm. in the night. Um, the second part, right, in addition to pace is process. What a lot of people don't realize is that processes in place are a very beautiful thing. They actually um, create a system where we don't have to recreate the wheel every time we want to do something. Hmm. And a lot of times people think, oh, if I document this, I'm, we're not going to be innovative anymore. We're just going to get so process heavy that we, we can't innovate or dream. But processes do something. They, they actually force us to follow kind of a train of thought where we don't have to rethink about something every single time we do it. And it's a beautiful thing when a process is done well. As a matter of fact, I'm going to butcher the quote, but I have a quote in here by Craig Groeschel. And he says, you know, good processes make even bad leaders look good, right? but bad processes can make good leaders look bad, right? Mm. So processes matter. They're important. They're so critical to our organization. And so, um, and then let's talk about empowerment. I mean, part of innovation is actually unleashing people to dream and empowering them to chase a dream. And so it's hard in organizations sometimes to uh, release people, right? Because we feel like, well, hold on, that was my idea and I want to see it through. But there's mm. something really impactful. Um, there's even in sessions I'll do with people where they will, uh, you know, maybe ideate on five or six different ideas. And then we'll say, okay, now rotate that idea to someone else. And they're like, no, there goes my idea. <laughs> but in that rotating, right, it, you let it go. And when it comes back around to you, it doesn't even look like your idea anymore. That's a beautiful thing because now we have smarter, better, 
stronger people in certain areas looking at the problem and trying to solve it for us. So these are kind of the, to me, the foundation points or some of them of yeah. why maybe we struggle, but how can we also get back on track? Yeah, these are great. You know, as you were talking, these all resonated with me. Uh, pace, sometimes we're so busy in the job that we don't take time to step back and think about, you know, and, and have that time and that margin to think and to, because that's where innovation comes. That's huge. Um, and I agree with the process and the systems. Like sometimes we end up doing the same thing. We redo it. We rethink it when it's already been done. Um, and those are so helpful. And man, the concept of, of empowerment, we tend to be a little close handed and tight fisted sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a huge limiter. I'm as we're talking here, Natalie, you're, I'm already, I'm already growing as a leader. I'm, I'm <laughs> challenged here. Uh, I love this. I, I, and, and, and have you talked to me about your experience? Um, yeah. Maybe you had a baby, like, you know, mm -hmm. an idea that what you felt like, this is my baby and you had to release it. Yes. I mean, this, this happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is, this is my life, right? I mean, I think, um, part of, part of the challenge of, of innovation is to understand that we're better together. Something I always say is innovation yeah. is, is not about brilliant individuals. It's about brilliant teams. I can remember many times working on, you know, software products with, uh, large teams and, and feeling very strongly, like it needs to be just like this, right? Mm. I'm looking at the market. I'm looking at these conditions, but also being wrong. And, and realizing that what we were doing was right, hmm. but there were probably 10 different hows of how we could get it done. And my how wasn't the only how. There were many different, how can we do this? And so sometimes when we agree on the what, we also think we have to force the how. And I just loved, honestly, the times where I was wrong and, and, and being stepping back and saying, this is still brilliant. Hmm. It's not necessarily the way I would have done it, but it's working and it's successful and it's selling. And so I think that there's a beauty in stepping back and saying, okay, your how and my how, they're both probably going to work. And maybe we even A and B test those to see which one gets more traction. Uh, but, but as a leader, we have to trust the people under us when they're saying, I hear you, but I don't think we need to turn left up there. I think we need to turn right. Like there's a beauty in that with, with the people that we lead to slow down and listen to their voice and to test it, to try it, to, to fail early, right? To put mm. guardrails on it and fail fast before we spend a ton of money. Yeah, this is good. I, um, I love this. The, the, one of the chapters in your book, chapter three, is entitled, Does Your Culture Kill or <laughs> Cultivate Innovation? In other words... There are th there are aspects of the organizational culture. There are aspects or, uh, you know, conditions in our organizations that will either cultivate innovation yes. or kill innovation. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a big one, right? Because, um, and, you know, I would encourage also people to go back and listen to the last time I was on your podcast. We talked about this just a tad, but I think we mm -hmm. touched on it. But a lot of what I talk about in the book is the idea of psychological safety, and the idea of being able to create a safe environment to dream and to innovate. And what we find oftentimes is that when, you know, when leaders say, well, why is my team not more innovative? What we <laughs> learn is that there's pockets that are not safe. Like, yeah. like think about that for a second, maybe in your own organization, like did mm -hmm. a team come to mind or did a person come to mind or maybe 
a group of people and you're like, I'm not safe to say the truth. I'm not safe to, to be honest. I'm not safe to maybe have candor, right? With that yeah. particular person. And those layers or those lack of safety as you go up the ladder and you think about those different pockets of people, they actually create um, innovation killers for us, mm. right? We, we can start holding on to dreams and saying, I'm not going to share this idea in this room. I'm not going to share this idea here. Maybe I'll save it for myself. Maybe I'll go start that one day. And we stop actually pushing into the room our best ideas. We start hoarding and holding them. And so that is the chat. That is what kills innovation. Our own culture, believe it or not, can be unhealthy and mm. it can be struggling. It can be stifling or it can be strangling innovation. Yeah, that's good. Um, I understand not only that you you do some consulting as well, right? You do consulting mm -hmm. for, for organizations, teams. Um, I'm curious, can you, can you, can you think of an example of maybe uh, a time where you came in as a consultant and you were able to immediately identify, oh, here's some, here's some reasons why maybe innovation is getting stuck or not even happening at all. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, I have a, I have a fun example in the book where, um, you know, and a leader asked me to come in and just start observing some meetings. And it's always fascinating when you get to be a fly on the wall in anyone's meeting, because, you know, things that you even probably do in your own meeting, you're going to start to recognize in someone else's. And you're gonna be like, I do that too, or that's really bad, but I've done that, you know? And uh -huh. so as you're sitting there in that meeting, you're like, okay, so a couple of things are happening here that are critical. Uh, in this particular meeting that I got to sit in, which was, which was so fascinating. One, they didn't have anyone to facilitate the meeting. So what was interesting and what would happen is conversations and thoughts and accusations or name it, right? We just fly back and forth, back and <laughs> forth. But we never like, there was never a landing on a real like decision, right? So everyone got in there, their blood pressure boiled, but then nothing was decided. So you left actually more frustrated than when you came into the meeting. Mm. Um, something that's so powerful that people don't think about a lot is they didn't work visually. So there's some stats out there that talk about the fact that people reach decisions 14% faster when visual thinking is used. Um, it's also proven that we process images 600 times faster than words. Wow! So if we were to start to take some of these thoughts that people were throwing around and put them up on a board and maybe even bucket them into different topics or mm. different ideas or different decision points that we could make, then we could look at those visually. And when we look at things visually, what it actually does, the biggest thing it does is it helps us to feel heard. Mm. And there's something really powerful about hearing, feeling heard. When we don't feel heard, we don't feel innovative. Mm. Uh, when we feel heard, we can continue to generate more ideas because it's like a thought worm, right? Like we got to get it out of our brain. And even if we've said it, but we don't feel like people have heard it, we're either going to shut down or we're yeah. going to keep repeating ourselves until someone hears us. So working visually was another thing I noticed in that room. The other thing I noticed and the kind of the last thing that was really, that stood out to me is that decisions weren't made and there wasn't follow up or follow through mm. after the meeting. So the way that I, you know, the way that I said it to the leader is if we don't have time to prepare, before and after for the meeting, if we don't have time to execute it properly, we shouldn't have the meeting mm. because you're actually hurting 
not helping the cause that you want to put in place. Yeah, two two things come to mind as you were talking. Uh, Dr. Sam Chand, one of our Avail uh, founders and leaders, uh, he says that it's always important at the end of a meeting to be able to answer who does what by when. I think that's huge, uh, alluding to what you're saying. And then, and then, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking so much of this really lands on the leader. In other words, the leader, the leader really sets the tone because I can think I'm a leader. I'm leading my staff here at Vertical Church, uh, and in other scenarios as well. And I'm thinking, man, a lot of times it's really on the leader. The, the The amount and quality of innovation it really rises or falls on the leader. Would you agree from your consulting and from your experience on that? Hundred hundred percent. Actually, have this really neat chart in the book that talks about the leader's job and the the. <laughs> You know, basically the the person being led, right? Their job and what the differences are. But really for the leader, their job is to set the vision. Mm -hmm. It's to point to our true north. It's to show us where are we going? What's the the hill we're going to climb? What's the mountain we're going to conquer? Like that's their job. And it's actually the team's job to take the resources that the leader's given them and figure out how they're going to conquer that mountain. Is it a, you know, are we going to ski there? Are we going to do jet skis? Uh, can we afford a car? Like, what are there roads? We don't even know if there's roads to that mountain, right? So part of the team's job is to get together and say, okay, the leader said that that is our true north. Guys, what do we have around us? What resources do we have around us that could get us to that true north? And if we create the right rails, that's actually a very brilliant process. I mean, I can think about, um, I look back on my early career I was in my early 20s uh, going to other countries after we had acquired a particular uh, company. I was coming in 24, 25. I had six months to get them off of our off of their platform and onto our platform. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting across from founders of, you know, in the Netherlands, founders in Greece, founders in Sweden and these different countries and saying, OK, I got to negotiate with you. I've got six months. We got to figure out how to move you over. What I had was expectations from my leader. I had guardrails from my leader. I had the true north Mm. from my leader. So it enabled me to sit there as a 24, 25 year old and negotiate with this founder on what could and couldn't come onto their platform. We didn't have to call our CEO every time. I didn't have to call my, you know, direct person every time they said no or yes to something it was a negotiation between uh, me and that person. And so that's another piece that's so important, right? Is empowerment. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but empowerment. So how can we create the right frameworks? How can we create the right rails to empower our people so that they know how to make a decision when you're not there? Almost like they know your brain. They kind of know, oh, this is how he exactly how he would make this decision with integrity, with all the rails, right, that are in place they know how to lead in that moment, even when, you know, it's, it's, it may be 5am in Atlanta where I am, right? And the person's mm-hmm. in another country and they're trying to make this decision. They don't have to wait for me to wake up. They can have a clear 
expectation of, of how to make those decisions. Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash Avail dash plus. That's good. I, you know, I, I was, I can't help but think, even as I look at the, the cover of the book, right? Set it on fire. I mean, that, that, that's a powerful illustration. Um, can you unpack how that might feel um, for leaders who are leaning in and maybe they're saying, Natalie, this is, this is very interesting, but this is not something I'm used to, or I've even experienced or even seen modeled just, just the concept of setting it on fire. I mean, why, why, why that visual or illustration, you know, why do you think that's powerful? Yeah. So this actually comes from a tagline from my podcast. And at the end of every podcast episode, um, I say, don't just get out of the box break the box and set it on fire. <laughs> and so the whole idea is that oftentimes we limit our ideas, we limit our station in life, we limit um, what we can accomplish to a box. We kind of put ourselves in a box, we put what's possible in a box. <clears throat> we, we look at the situation and we say, I don't have enough income, I don't have enough resources, I don't have enough this, I don't have enough that. And so oftentimes we put ourselves in these boxes and then we kind of live in this box mm. and oftentimes if, if we were to stop and slow down and look back we would we would talk about regrets man i wish i had tried that thing i wish i had done that thing i wish i had gone out on a limb um there are some things that i had always wanted to try sales was one of them so i took on a, a big sales role and it was amazing i loved mm. it and i didn't know i would love it but so, you know you could live your whole life and never try that but I always had a curiosity for years in the back of my mind. What would it be like to lead sales? Uh, our team was so successful. We, we, uh, and that team that I led in the, that year, we uh, grew sales 60% year over year. <clears throat> it was so fun. But what if I was still looking back and saying, I wonder what it would have been like to, to lead a really awesome sales team. Hmm. And so I think in our, all of our lives, there, there's these things that we just wonder what if. Wow. Um, even in our organizations, right? When we say things like that will never work or, well, this is how we've always done it. Or, right. you know, name all the things we say, like it's just in our normal language that put us in a box. Hmm. And so my heart, my goal is to really just disrupt that thinking, disrupt that limiting thinking, not only that we've put on ourselves, but that we've put on our organizations, take that box, take it outside, light <laughs> it on fire. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'm a pastor, Natalie. So I'm always thinking biblical references and I'm thinking this is what Jesus called Peter to when everybody's in the boat and Peter stands up and he says, if it's you, <laughs> call me to you. And uh, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get out of the boat. It's, it's, it's yeah. hard to get out of our, our comfort zone, but sometimes the most amazing uh, experiences and opportunities um, they come when we step out, when, when we get out of that box, I love it, set it on fire. I'm not going back to it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have faith and I'm going to step out. Here's a thought. 
Um, nobody starts off excellent at anything, including innovation. Um, one of the chapters uh, is entitled, It's Time to Grow Up. And and that that line makes me think of kind of maturing, right? Like, yes. like nobody nobody starts. Man, I'm a ten out of ten in innovation. There, there's a process of of growth. How how do people and how do teams mature into innovation? Yeah. So in this chapter, I talk all about what it means to grow up, and part of it, you know, part of the statement I make here is, if you can't get along, you're not ready to grow. Because mm. growth only magnifies problems, right? It doesn't make it go away. It actually magnifies any issue mm -hmm. we have. When we start growing, it puts a magnifying glass to it. Any process or system we have, it breaks it. And so growth is such a big dynamic. And if we're not getting along, then we're not ready to grow. And so, so that piece of it is such an important inflection point in the book to think about uh, our environments, to think mm -hmm. about our cultures, to think about our teams and ask ourselves the question, are we creating bridges or silos? And so often we create silos, right? It's easier. It's easier to play in my sandbox. No one bothers me. No one tells me that they don't like my sandcastle. No one tells me to build a different sandcastle. It's just easier. So what's easier and faster for our team sometimes is to work alone. And just to, you know, by the time you find out I didn't do it the way you want it, it'll be too late. It'll be shipped. Mm. It'll be gone. And you'll just deal with it. Versus saying, let me slow down so we can speed up. When we slow down to speed up, that is when we call other people in that can collaborate with us. That's when we bring other people to the table that actually make us better. When we work in silos, we don't get better. Uh, we, we get, you know, we get worse sometimes mm -hmm. because there's no... Uh, healthy tension. And oftentimes we, we view tension as a bad word, but healthy tension in an organization is necessary for innovation. Yeah. So, you know, me walking across to another department and saying, you know, hey, can we look at that project? And, oh, wow, did you think about these things? Well, no, because we were thinking about our silo. Okay, well, we got to wow. slow down. We need to pull in these five people because we've got to think about these things. And if we don't have these, then we have an incomplete project, right? It only makes half because you're yeah. only considering half of the equation. And so this sandbox idea is so hard. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to do an organization. It's, it's hard to break down those silos. Yeah. See, as I'm hearing you talk, it seems like um, it requires some humility and it requires some um, flexibility, right? Yeah. Um, I, th I think, man, I can, I can think back uh, into many areas that I've been in uh, and then even led in. And I can think of times where, man, uh, innovation and, and growth and maturity was definitely stifled by, by a lack of humility, a lack yeah. of flexibility, um, and kind of like a, a very limited, I'm just looking at what I'm doing. You do what you do. I do what I do. Right. I cannot, I cannot but think, but, but that just, that, that causes organizations to, to, to be stunted and to get yes. stuck. Yeah, very much so. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, you ask the question all the time of like, okay, great, we're there. That's our organization. Like, what do we do, right? What's next? And I think for for many people, uh, what is what is measured and monitored and even paid on is what is done. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I actually, so I talk a lot in this book as well about engaging with your customers. So if you have a customer, if you, in for 
for churches, that would be your congregation, right? But whoever your end sure. customer is that you that you engage mm-hmm. with the most, being close enough, you know, as you say in the the pastor world, right? You got to smell like sheep if you're a shepherd. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have to be close to and in business world, you have to be close to your customer. Yeah. And so a lot of what we talk about is how do you get out of your desk and engage with the people that you're building something for? How do you ask them questions? How do you get in front of them? What types of questions do you even ask them? And I talk about all that in in the book because it's so important that we're not building in a silo. We can do it internally, but we can also do it externally, right? We can never talk to anybody internally Mm -hmm. and never talk to anybody externally. In fact, I I was brought on to work on a project one time number of years ago and we built a we built a software program and when i came in they said hey we want you to you know bring it to market and sell it and i had to actually start by saying we can't bring this to market hmm. i talked to 10 customers and nobody wants it so we got to scrap it and build something that people want and so the only way we can do that is by talking to people yeah and that sounds crazy right it should be something with ai or GPT chat or whatever, but it's not, it's actually getting out of the desk, right. And talking to people and, and engaging with them and figuring out their wants, needs, and desires. Yes. Leaders. I hope you're listening. I hope you're leaning in. I hope you're taking notes and I hope you're going to share this with some of your team and some of your key leaders. Um, uh, Natalie, before we talk about a little bit more about the book, the study guide, the masterclass videos, we're going to talk about that. Um, I guess one last thing I want to mention, there's, there's a lot of tools as I was even just kind of skimming through the book, uh, there's a lot of interesting tools and strategies. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna let the, let the whole all the cats out of the bag, but let's let's talk about one empathy map. What's oh. an empathy map, and how do teams use and benefit from this? Yeah, it's one of my favorite tools. So you know, I was just talking about the idea of talking to customers, and so so often when we're talking to um, a customer, what we're actually we're getting different facets of what's going through their mind. So the the whole goal of an empathy map is you can put it up somewhere in your you know office or your room, and you can actually have an idea of it's just another thing we call it is a big head exercise because you literally draw a big head on a post-it and you put it up there and then you start asking, okay, what is my customer thinking? What are they feeling? What are they doing? What are they saying? What are they seeing? What are they hearing? And so as you go around that empathy map, you actually begin to build what we call a persona, a person that we're actually talking to. And this person has pains and they have gains. And if you're building a product, if you can solve a customer's pains, or if you can provide them gains, you have something that's going to win. And so that's really the goal of that. It's something that's so great. Like think about church communication. If you're communicating to an audience, well, who are we talking to? What's going through their mind? What's going through their heart? What are they worried about? What if we knew that? And as we sit down to craft our communication, we're actually looking at that. Another cool thing you do with your persona is you name it, right? So you're looking at, um, you know, (laughs) Saddleback Sam, right? If we're talking about, you know, there's churches that have that, right? So, but what it enables you to do is sit down and write the communication for that person, right? Your ideal persona, your ideal avatar. And so oftentimes we just, we just start writing for us. And it's so important to write for the person that is going to hear it. And if we know what they're feeling and dealing with, it actually gives us empathy to write in a way where they can receive our communication. But better than that, take action and not just take action, but take action now. 
And so that's the whole goal of an empathy map is it moves us closer to being able to do that. I love this. These are tools. I'm taking down notes as you're talking here, Natalie, because I'm thinking, man, this could really help our church. Uh, I'm thinking for the business owner out there. I'm thinking for for companies that are that are um, um, making pro- producing and manufacturing. I'm thinking about sales. Man, all of these principles, specifically innovation principles. Man, this can really help us take our organizations to to another level. Um, I'd love I'd love to help people point them in the right direction. Where can people get the book? And let me mention this to everybody who's listening or, or watching. There's the nice hardcover, beautiful book, Set It on Fire. There's the study guide that I have here behind me. Um, there's masterclass videos. So it, there's multiple dimensions that you can uh, get onto this ride with Natalie Bourne. Natalie, where can, we, where can people find the book? Yes, you can go to theartofleadership.com, which is on Avail's site to get this. You can also go to setitonfire.co. And you can get get it there as well. So either place will lead you to this content. And I just want you to get your hands on this. I want you to be able to access this. This is such important content for um, for leading, for innovating. And so just don't miss out. Yes, you guys heard it there. You can go to theartofleadership.com. Uh, find a lot of resources that we have, there, including Natalie Bourne's new book, Set It on Fire. You can go to setitonfire.co. Uh, you can get the book, you can get the study guide, you can buy the masterclass bundle, which I would recommend because you get the best of everything. T- talk to us a little bit about the masterclass videos. There are 10 videos that go along uh, kind of with the the teachings that are in yeah. your book. How was that experience? Yeah. So I took time to basically take 10 sessions and kind of tease out one of the important concepts. So there's this book is chocked full of concepts. I mean, it's very chunky. Like you'll sit down with a chapter and be like, man, okay, how do I apply all this? And so what I wanted to do with these masterclasses is look through each chapter and say, man, if they don't get anything else, what do I want to make sure that I drive home in this particular chapter? Mm -hmm. So we take time to kind of pull that piece of, of knowledge out and really just delve in and talk about it. And so it's this opportunity for you to go deeper with the content, for you to just, uh, again, initiate and ignite some thoughts. And even if you do it as a group, this kind of could set up a group discussion for you um, to talk about how to shift towards this as a culture. That's a good recommendation. Leaders, you heard it. Don't get it for yourself only. Get it for your team. Maybe you have a leadership team. Maybe you have some key leaders, key players on your team, in your organization, in your church that might be able to benefit from all of these principles. The book is Set It on Fire, The Art of Innovation, a great resource for you as a leader. Uh, The study guide is a great companion to go through the book with. And the masterclass videos, I think, you know, give it the the cherry on top of the whole experience. Um, I love this. Let me mention one more thing. Now that we're talking about resources, uh, anybody who listens regularly, you know, we have the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal is a leadership magazine that we offer. Um, It comes out quarterly, one of the best Christian leadership magazines out there. We want to pay for the first year. Claim your free annual subscription by going to availjournal.com. Uh, we've had articles from Natalie Bourne in our Avail Journal. Uh, Natalie, you know how special the Avail Journal is. It's a great resource, isn't it? It's awesome. And it's something that I read cover to cover because the people that you have in there, there's such a wealth of knowledge and information. Yeah, it's a wealth of knowledge and a, and a diverse group of leaders. Uh, availjournal.com, that's where you can get that. Uh, setitonfire.co, 
That's where you can get Natalie Bourne's new book, study guide, access the bundle that has the masterclass videos. Um, this is so good. Natalie, I want to just close things off. What, what, what do you want to leave on our Avail audience's heart as we finish off? Yeah. So I just want to, I just want to say it a little stronger, right? Like don't leave this world with regrets. And I, when I think about the art of innovation, right, when I think about set it on fire, it's all about helping you, right? Launch those ideas, right? That you've been, maybe some of you are going to write a book. Maybe some of you are going to launch a podcast, right? Maybe some of you uh, are going to start a tech company. Maybe some of you have been uh, thinking about and dreaming about starting a church or launching, launching a house church network. I don't know what that thing is. Mm. Don't leave this world with regrets. And so uh, disrupt your thinking, disrupt the way that you've always thought. And the beautiful thing about Peter, as Virgil mentioned earlier, when he stepped out of the boat, is he walked on the water. Nobody else did. <laughs> and not only that, Jesus was right there to, to catch him. And so don't fear innovation, right? We have to, we have, to have faith. And, and we know when we step out in faith, God will meet us there just like he met Peter in the water. Ooh, that's a good word. Uh, Natalie, thank you for challenging us uh, on this Avail podcast. Thank you for writing this book, Set It on Fire, which is which is already. T- I got things in my mind right now. I got some boxes I got to go set on fire to get out of. Uh, thank you for being obedient to God's calling upon your life. I believe uh, that this book is going to be a great resource for many many leaders. Uh, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chan, Martine Van Tilburg, the whole avail leadership team we just want to thank you we honor you uh, and we're thankful to see uh, that god is doing some great things in your life thank you so much virgil i have absolutely loved our conversation yes ma'am hey i hope you've been encouraged leaders uh we do this every week there's a new podcast episode we talk about great things that'll help you on your leadership journey it is an art you got to keep getting better at it on behalf of avail my name is virgil sierra lead pastor of vertical church your host here on the Avail podcast every week. Lean in and learn the art of leadership with us. Can't wait to see you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Natalie Bourne. You can connect with Natalie on social media under the handle Innovation Meets Leadership and by going to innovationmeetsleadership.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.